there, Healthy-ish fam. Thanks for tuning into the Body and Soul podcast with me, Felicity Harley. Now, if you have listened to this podcast over the past week or so, you will know that I have been in Canada, but I am back in Australia after a sad farewell to my sister and new niece. However, I had the perfect guest. First up, first day back on the job to pep up my day and hopefully she'll pep up yours. Dr. Libby Weaver is a nutritional biochemist and women's health expert. I Zoomed her from her home in Queensland to discuss how to-do lists can increase our stress levels, our overwhelm and how to finally get them under control. If you like what you hear from Dr. Libby, she's up on Extra Healthy-ish where she offers a simple solution for reducing stress levels. Ah, yes. You know where to find that episode, right? Dr. Libby, lovely to have you back on Healthy-ish. It's been too long between chats. How are you today? Oh, I'm so well, Felicity. Thank you. I'm very happy to be chatting with you. Oh, we're talking to-do lists. Why the obsession? What are you hearing from women? Why are we so driven to tick all these things off? (laughs) Um, Is it partly a sense of achievement? I also think it's partly because we do have a lot on our plates. And that's not to say the men don't, but um, we'll keep it focused on women. We have so much on our plates. And I think a lot of it, we we love to have a full, busy and thriving life. We love to be connected to other people, help other people, look after the people we love the most in the world, you know, get on with the, the paid work that we're likely doing in the world. But it's as if we just keep, we keep saying yes and it's because we don't ever do the or. It's sort of we just do the and and we add more and more and more. And before we know it, our list is so long that it feels so overwhelming. And I remember a couple of years ago interviewing some people who were stupidly successful and we learn a lot from dysfunction, but I think success also leaves clues. And when I say success, successful, these people had very fulfilled lives. They loved their intimate relationships. They loved the work they were doing in the world. They got so much done in a day, probably more than most of us could ever do in a month. Uh, and one of the things they said is that they don't have a to-do list. They write down what they've got to get done, but they see it as a capture list and then they schedule things. And I resisted that in the beginning because I thought all the spontaneity is going to go out of life. But the opposite actually happens because when you're playing with your children or you're focused on something else and you think, oh, I've got to remember, blah, blah, you think, oh, yeah, I've already got that scheduled. So it helps you to remain more present. So that can be a little strategy to adjust our approach to the to-do list. So you don't have a to-do list anymore. You just have this scheduling. (laughs) I do. I have. So I have. I'm a paper girl. I'm a paper diary girl. Oh, me too. (laughs) Digital doesn't work for me from a diary perspective. So. Yeah, and I have a page, uh, so I have the week on the left and I have a page drawn up on the right and one column is personal and one column is work. And when I think of something that needs attending to, I write it there, but then I fit it into either that week or the next week. And, yeah, and and I wait, I make sure everything is, yeah, come, moves from that initial list and gets a spot in the schedule. And has that helped with your stress levels or has it helped manage your life a bit better than having that continual to-do list? Yep, it has because there are times when obviously I've got to get from A to B to do a particular job or I know that after I've done these six things, I'm really, I'm at my energy will actually, I'll be done for the day and I want to be 
quiet or I'll want to go and play with my chickens in the backyard. I'll just be done. And so it allows me to see blocks of time and where I will have spent it. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's, um, it's definitely had a calming effect. And I suppose you can look back and think, okay, that was a bit of a waste and that was that worked or, you know, and kind of fit out what you prioritise and what you can say yes to moving forward and what you can say no to moving forward. Yeah, and we sometimes underestimate how much time something's going to take. And so, yeah, you can adjust as you go when you've kind of blocked it out in your schedule for the next time that task comes around. Now, a lot of our listeners would have or would and do have never-ending to-do lists. I am probably one of those as well. <laughs> what sort of things, you know, if we if we do struggle with getting through them, what sort of health conditions can be linked to this constant feeling of, well, not having enough time, being overwhelmed and ultimately being stressed? Yeah, so so much arises from the constant relentless production of stress hormones and I think it's really important that people understand that this pattern of stress hormone production is brand new to us as a human species. So science suggests we've been on the planet, humans have been on the planet for somewhere between 150,000 and 300,000 years. So if we allow that enormous expanse of time to be represented by a one kilometre walk, the last 75 years, so from the back end of World War II, the last 75 years is represented by one step. So one small step on that in that. Wow. (laughs) And yet so much. Nothing. Yeah, nothing. And yet so much has changed. So since the 40s, in the 1940s, we saw pesticides be introduced to the food supply. We saw the introduction of colour televisions, uh, credit cards, mobile phones, the internet, social media. And all of those things have had such a significant ripple effect on the way that we now live and the way that we spend our time and where our attention goes. And so in that, and, and then of course, what has also changed in that time is our pattern of stress hormone production, because for the whole one kilometer walk of human history, we used to make adrenaline, it would be at baseline, then there'd be a threat to our life. So we'd spike it, we'd fight the fight or run away, and then back down, it would come to baseline and we'd keep living our life until the next threat happened. Whereas now we wake up in the morning, hopefully we think of something we're grateful for, hear the birds, I don't know. (laughs) Not check our phone. (laughs) Don't check the phone, not straight up. But then usually we think of everything we've got to get done that day, the remembering the to-do list happens, you think, oh, my goodness, today's chock-a-block, and then your adrenaline spikes a little bit, then you get to work or open. you're working from home, you open your laptop and you see, you know, there's a pile of new emails coming, you think, when am I going to get the time to deal with those? Adrenaline goes up again, then you get a coffee, adrenaline goes up again. And then something I've heard a lot over the last two years with people working from home is then let's say in your day, you might get a phone call from a colleague and your colleague says, where's that work? I needed it yesterday. Now that request for work is not in and of itself stressful, but we don't usually hear what someone says. We hear what we think they meant and what we do and what makes that request for work stressful is we perceive that our colleague is disapproving of us in some way, that they think we're inefficient or not a hard worker, whatever it is. And that's what makes that stressful. So in other words, over our day, we just ha- we have interactions with people, we make lifestyle choices, we think thoughts that lead to us producing adrenaline. So over our days, our stress hormones just accumulate and it happens every single day. And that is brand new to humans. So because of that, and because for the whole one kilometre walk of human history, stress hormones have communicated that our life's in danger or that there's no food left in the world, not enough time in human evolution has yet gone on for the body to be able to discern between the adrenaline we make if a car drives out in front of us and the adrenaline we make 
if we've had three coffees and we've got 600 unopened emails and a big long to-do list. It's all the same to the body. So because it communicates danger, all sorts of changes happen with our biochemistry. So the the pituitary gland in the brain, she's in, in, in charge of controlling all of the glands in the body that make hormones like the thyroid, the ovaries, the adrenals. So when she's getting the message that our life's in danger, she then tells all those glands to respond accordingly and it can interfere with regular ovulation. And when we don't ovulate, we don't get that lovely big surge of progesterone. Progesterone plays a role in fertility, but it also has huge, powerful biological roles. It's a very powerful anti-anxiety agent, and that is not talked about enough. It's also a diuretic. It allows us to get rid of excess fluid. So long term, the long-term constant production of stress hormones can really mess with our reproductive system in that way with our sex hormone balance. And it can also disrupt thyroid function. So not to the point where you necessarily have a thyroid disease, but where the thyroid's just not working as well as it once did. And that has become so incredibly common. And I think a lot of women, when they've had that ongoing stress hormone production for so long, they, they they don't have a disease, but they just don't feel like themselves anymore. And then the challenge is they think how might they can see that stress is playing a role in how off they feel, but they they don't know what to do about it. And and I know this is a sentiment we share. You can feel really trapped, and you think, you know, how how am I going to change this? Because my my Earth suit, my body is really giving me some feedback now that I've got to live differently. But we often don't know how to how to make those changes. Dr. Libby, thank you for coming on Healthyish. Thanks for joining us as always. If you want more info, bodyandsoul.com.au or follow us on Instagram, Facebook or TikTok. Oh, and if you have a moment, we'd love it if you could rate, review and subscribe to this podcast. And until tomorrow, stay healthy-ish. News doesn't have to be boring. The Brits have given Prince Harry a new nickname after yet another tell-all interview. Oh, God, is it the ginger winder? <laughs> <laughs> Let the team at news.com.au get you up to speed each day with their podcast from the newsroom. A couple were busted joining the Mile High Club. Well, I guess they can't fly virgin anymore. <laughs> Politics, sport, red carpets, royals. Get all the goss in just a few minutes. Follow from the newsroom wherever you get your podcast from. Listener.